coming to you from the DTC in Denver, Colorado. This is OCN Business with Tim Summers. Welcome to OCN Business. Today we're going to be talking with Sharewell, a tech leader on organizational platform software. Welcome to OCN Business. Uh, we have here today Josh with Sharewell. Uh, we're just going to get to know him a little bit today and what he does, where he came from, and what he's looking to do. So, Josh, if you can take it away, introduce yourself. Absolutely. So, my name is Josh Cade. I am the Chief Evangelist at Sharewell Software. So, I've been with Sharewell for 14 years now. Wow. Um, so, which is actually kind of an eternity in the tech business, you sure. know, to be with a company so long. So, it is a little strange sometimes when I think about how long I've been with this company. But um, the, um, you know, we started in Colorado Springs. Okay. And we started uh, in about 2004. And so I had worked with the founders of our company uh, at a previous company, uh, also based in Colorado Springs, strangely mm-hmm. enough. And they all left, and I was still at this other company, and finally I left that company and got this phone call, you know, hey, we want to do this over again. We're going to start a company. You should come do it with us. Okay. You know, Sounds so, like fun. So, yeah, there it is. You right. know, that's exactly, you know, and what, what are we doing? Well, the same thing, but better. Okay, let's let's do it. So, so you had a good fit. That's kind of where Slid it started. Right in. You know, just same people, totally familiar, felt comfortable. Let's get going. So, um, you know, so we started a company um, in the IT service management space. Okay. So IT service management, although at the time we would have probably called it more help desk or service desk uh, at the time the the industry kind of evolves and the terminology changes along Absolutely. the way of course yeah, right especially you know, in technology yes yeah so who knows what it'll be called next week <laughs> but you know right. um, but uh, you know so our focus was for small to mid businesses and creating a product that was enterprise level capability mm-hmm. and very kind of simple easy you know to to use to really empower your IT department to get those kind of things rolling but not have the same kind of cost as the big enterprise software does. Sure. So that's kind of where we got started Okay. Uh, in 2004. Great, and then now are you currently located in Colorado Springs still, or? So well, we actually have a lot of a lot of different offices worldwide now. Oh. So we've, we've grown quite a bit. So since 2004? Since 2004, okay. yeah. So 2004, we were just in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. and uh, actually we used to like meet at a coffee shop, and you know, we had a P.O. box and all that kind of stuff, right, you know, yeah. like you do the good old days, up the good old startup. <laughs> the good old days. Um, yeah, you could call them that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but, uh, you know, along the way, so we have offices. We have an office here in Denver. We have offices in Seattle, uh, London, in Germany, in uh, Sydney, Australia. So wow. we've got offices kind of globally. But okay. we have, you know, about 300-ish people working here in Colorado. And okay. then uh, another couple hundred people working worldwide. Wow. So, so about, I think we're... I don't know, north of 500 people anyway. So then are you strictly servicing the small SMB space or are you really geared more now towards enterprise or kind of what's your sweet spot there? Well, so the interesting thing happened, you know, you, you know, something that's key, I guess, to any business or anybody starting up is you, you've got to be agile and you've got to kind of look at your market and yeah. who who is your market and who does your market evolve into. And that. so for us, you know, we started out thinking we're going to do this SMB thing and we're going to make enterprise quality software at a lower price, you know, and all this stuff. But then we had this weird phenomenon, which was this bad economy that we had, mm. you know, in our nation for, you know, several of the years as we were starting up. And so sure. what happened is larger and larger companies looked at us and they saw the price point and found that very appealing and they went, 
well, this is the same quality of software. Yeah. Why are we going to go buy it from somebody else? Yeah. So our market kind of just organically shifted to a much more up-level, you know, Global 2000, Fortune mm-hmm. 500 kind of customer base. Wow. Even though we started with, you know, mom and pop shops, 10 licensed kind of deals. Yeah. You know, we've evolved into the airlines and the banks and, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of, you know, growing organically and you have to be able to pivot, you know, when you see your market change a little bit, sometimes you have to rethink, what am I doing? What what are, what are we doing? Who are we targeting? How do we target them? And you got to shift. Sure. Yeah. Um, so along those lines um, and being able to scale and kind of go like that, let's kind of take a step back and explain what it is you do on the IT side, maybe yep. a little bit and kind of the services you add, you know, you offer and are those all, you know, software based, cloud based, Absolutely. So, um, so IT service management or the space that we're in that's that's sort of evolving into enterprise ERM, enterprise relationship management, relationship management. Yep. I'm looking at Keith, going, I, I don't remember what the R stands for, which is bad. ESM, enterprise service yeah, management. Service. I've got the wrong, got the wrong acronym. Um, so anyway, so ESM. So the. Um, the space is basically around routing requests. Okay. So request management is more than just, you know, you, you're kind of traditional, I call the service desk because I got something broken. Mm-hmm. Well, so over the years, it's not just about something broken, it's about I need something from IT. Okay. So in, then it evolves beyond I need something f- from IT when you get to enterprise service management is I may have requests for HR, facilities, uh, other groups inside of an organization. I may need something from other people, and it's about routing those kind of requests, routing workflow, mm-hmm. um, automation, and a bunch of other things, which I'll get to in this in a moment. But but the core of it is really about routing those requests to the right people, getting work done, getting things fulfilled, getting things done. Operational communication-ish? Yep. Okay. Yep. And you know, so a big piece of what we do, there's a, a employee or customer-facing side, Okay. Um, you know, either or both. And that's basically a portal where people can go to to make requests. You know, so so I go to my company website, which is really the portal that we that we do, or, or a part of their website, part of their intranet, um, if you will. That has sort of kind of like an API integration or login on the back end to their own stuff, or well, so you can do it that way. So we have some customers who do it that way, okay. and we have, you know, we have tons of APIs, orchestration workflow, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. Sure. But we also have a, a client application, if you will, that's sort of a, it's somewhere between an application and a CMS. It's basically, here's a website in a box that uh, you know our customers can implement to basically get that self-service, the front end of IT, the front end of their request management, okay. in, a, in a pseudo turnkey kind of way. You know, okay. They can customize it, brand it, all those things that they need to do. Sure. But the, all the functionalities are so they can publish their service catalog of things that they offer. Okay. So whether that's IT services, like I can request a laptop or um, you know, get a new account or provision virtual machines or whatever that, oops, sorry, whatever that might be. Um, all the way to, I can route things to HR, I can route things to facilities, I can route things to other places around the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so that portal is kind of a key, kind of the first piece. Mm-hmm. So the second kind of set of clients that we have are for what you might call a technician or an agent or maybe a fulfiller, depending on the role of the person. Mm-hmm. So and these are the employees who work within IT, within HR, within facilities to actually resolve those requests. So I've had a place where customers can come and make a request and now I need somebody to deal with those requests, right? Sure. So there's a set of clients around that. 
But one of the key things about what we've built is it's all uh, metadata driven. It's all very, very customizable. And so what we set out from day one, even though what we wanted to do was build a a service management or service desk application, Mm -hmm. what we decided was we're going to build something that's a little more behind the scenes generic, more definition driven. So something that's more powerful behind the scenes or under the covers. IT is our entry point into companies. Okay. And so it's a natural place where people want to buy software like this and use software like this. But when you have a platform and the way that we've approached it is we empower IT groups to then grow that across a company. So we have a lot of companies that then take our software and will build other kind of line of business applications, you know, flowing workflow throughout different departments. So we've got one financial company based out of Detroit. Um, They have about 250 different line of business applications that they've actually built on our platform. Oh, wow. And each one are all customizable. Each one is customizable. It's codeless. So Mm -hmm. you can configure everything in our environment. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just there. Of course, their IT department uses it to do the IT thing. Sure. And, you know, but there are other departments. I mean, they route loans to underwriters using the software. They deal with, uh, you know, reserving spaces in their parking garage through this application. They print their security badges at the front desk through the application. It's it's actually pretty crazy the number of things. Their CIO said, I don't want to buy any software if we can do it in Sharewell. So before anybody's allowed to buy software, they first evaluate, can we build an application on the Sherwell platform and utilize that internally? So So that brings a good question too then. So I'm assuming then you make it relatively easy or right streamlined to actually build those things for themselves absolutely right and they can build them themselves yep typically you know so we offer a week-long training class then there's basically a week-long kind of advanced training class that they can do at their own kind of pace still only a week huh? yeah it's just a couple of weeks of training and so we found you know most companies you know we've got a lot of case studies on our website and whatnot but um you know we find that customers that had five, 10 people running their previous system Mm -hmm. have one or two running ours. Wow. And they can do most of that internally. We still offer professional services. We have a partner channel. There's still, you know, ways that you can have a consultant come in or somebody that knows the system really well or wants to consult with you on your processes more so than the tool. Very nice. Um, But, um, you know, so that whole uh, ecosystem is in place, of uh-huh. course. Sure. But the tool itself, again, allows it to grow with a company. And so that's been very important to us. And the other reason for doing it is right out of the beginning, one of our pain points we had at a previous company, we've all had in various IT jobs, is the fear of upgrades. You never want to upgrade because you're going to break everything you've customized, everything you've ever done. Sure. So we built uh, our software with forwards compatibility in mind. And so because all of the business logic, because everything about the application Mm. is actually living as definitions in the database, we can change out the entire code layer without actually changing a a customer's experience. That's a really interesting point. So it's really going to uh, decrease the barrier for scaling or advancing as as technology changes moving forward forward. Absolutely. Right. So that's a a common problem when I see with most companies, you'll see it with video game companies a lot, right? You have that base code. Yep. And then they're going to grow or whatever else. They lose that guy. Uh The code goes out the door. Now you have to bring a new guy in to kind of marry that, change it without ripping it all apart and starting over. And when you switch out, you know, in game terms, and if you have to switch out your engine to keep up with technology or whatnot, 
now you need to rev your game because it's not the same game anymore, you know, those kind of things. And, right. and so for us, we've been able to, you know, we've been doing this for almost 15 years now, right. but well, actually 15 years now, um, the, um, you know, we can actually change out the technology, change out the infrastructure, mm-hmm. move in new technologies, completely change it without our customers noticing anything other than, oh, it seems a little faster now, or I have these new tools in my toolkit that I can now utilize. Which is like a safety mechanism for them, right? It mm-hmm. keeps, it's going to keep people with you. Yes. And so your churn has to be significantly low just because you're not going to lose people to outdated to old technology. Yep. Well, it's, it's helped us to, you know, we've got a very high customer satisfaction rating and mm-hmm. it keeps it very sticky, not for the usual kind of stickiness things where it's too expensive to move or sure. migrate. You know, the, a lot of companies' products are sticky because it's too hard to move away from. Right. Um, you know, it's for us, often it's sticky because they're happy with it and they like the you know that I, I don't want to throw out all the typical business terms like TCO right. and all that kind of right. stuff but but you know they're they're the cost of actually keeping it maintained keeping it running mm-hmm. is very low mm-hmm. and now, so so it stays sticky yeah totally that's just amazing that you guys had the forethought to be able to do that on the on the front end um, so industry agnostic do you have specifically industries that you like to work with or that you find success with or business sizes or are you just all so, over the place you know we're, we're we're sort of all over the place when you look back at kind of our customer base as a whole mm-hmm. um, you know especially the ones who have been with us just about from the start you know they tend to be smaller right um, you know we serve we have a lot of different verticals that we serve um, but there's a lot of those verticals so mm-hmm. we're we're we do very well in higher ed mm-hmm. um, because it's very adaptable and and whatnot to whatever they want to offer year after year. Right. Uh, we do great in finance. We've got you know manufacturing. Uh, we're doing well with airlines, legal. Wow. Um, you know, so, so just across the board. Yeah. So so that, a lot of different verticals really sp- that we do well with. And that speaks to the flexibility of your platform as well. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's incredible. Um, so uh, talk to me a little bit more about just kind of the ramping up period before we uh, kind of get into where you where you are now, where you're looking to go. Um, if you were kind of look back on those, you know, startup days, good or bad, what were some of the sticky points or what would you have done kind of differently? Well, you know, our biggest struggle, um, and you're probably going to, you're going to love this one, but our biggest struggle when we were smaller was appearing to be bigger than we were. It mm. was, you know, our, our biggest struggle was, you know, how do we take this little company, this great product, and build trust with a market so that they trust us to buy it? You mm-hmm. know, how do we how do we swing out of our you know out of our range? You yeah. Know? And so honestly, that's probably the thing that we that we struggled with the most. I mean, ever since we, you know, when we agonized over what PO box to get or what fake address to get rather oh, than a PO box, you sure. know, that kind of stuff. Just eat from that point super early on the whole way. It was you know how do we you know not pretend but you know how do we have a big presence yeah. while we're still small while we're and still starting how did you up? overcome that what was the the tipping point i guess so well the tipping point for us uh, you know really i think where we got our momentum there's there's a couple things but you know honestly it's when we kind of you know we started working with the analysts mm-hmm. and we worked with the analysts and we had one analyst that kind of saw what we were doing and saw the the uh the benefits of it and so gave us the opportunity to get into one of their magic quadrants and sure. and do that kind of thing and so that for us i think was one tipping point of okay we're legit because blam we just landed in the middle of the big players right. and then over the course of a couple of years we ended up in the top three of those players and mm-hmm. so even before we were necessarily you know bigger from a employee or revenue kind of point of view 
you know, we were able to kind of have the, the clout to go, yeah, we're in the top three players. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's where that helped a lot. So that was, you know, some being in the right place at the right time, you know, a little bit of that. But, you know, it was, you know, a lot of marketing activities, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, trade show and, you know, trying to, you know, stay very wired in with the, the service desk community and, and sure. others like that. And just, you know, constantly buy the biggest booth, make the biggest splash, yeah. you know, just walk in with the swagger to kind of be like, here's the, here's the presence that we want to be. Yeah. Cause it sounds like you had the, the competence. You just needed to kind of back it up with that, the whole confidence. Yeah. Portion well, of things. We, we had all been there, done that, you know, at yeah. other companies. So right. it was just, how do we grow this one? Right. So then, uh, I guess looking forward, where are you looking to go from here? I mean, you're you're all across the nation. You have physical locations all across the nation. You have online integration. Uh, you're in many different verticals. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you going to conquer next? What are you looking to move forward to? Well, so there's a couple things that you know that we're looking to do. We're continuing to expand, you know, globally, and mm-hmm. so, you know, adding more regional support, marketing, languages, you know, those kind of things to kind of take on new markets. Um, the other things that we're doing is, you know, we're looking at our industry and our, our industry as a whole and kind of going, you know, okay, what can we do to start to further differentiate from the rest of the industry? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Me Too players in our industry. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a commoditization uh, that kind of happens in our industry. And so we're looking at, you know, what are the problems of tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know, spending a lot of time with our customers. You know, what are the problems they're going to have tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Making sure that we have a solution for that, so that we can come out and say, "Hey, you're having that problem now. Guess what? We've got this thing there." So, you know, everybody's looking at you know AI, machine learning, you know, all the newest tech, and but you know, for for me personally, and when I look at you know customer problems, the the tech is part of it, and we can help with the tech, and we will help with the tech, but we also need to help. You know, bring our customers, bring bring the community, the industry as a whole along when it comes to the processes and the people involved, and you know, to to really transform business, which is what we kind of all need to do. You can't do things the same way that you did it five years ago, ten years ago. You mm-hmm. know, all you're doing is, um, you know, making making your problems worse quicker by automating them. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, you, if your processes aren't so efficient, Bill Gates said it. You know, the best with the the whole, you know, if you have an inefficient process and automate it, you know, you'll have a whole lot of inefficiency. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that seems to be something that will be plaguing kind of our industry, especially, um, you know, as, as analysts and the commercial people and, and other companies, you know, they're really automate this, AI this, AI that. Right. But it's really more about, you know, what are we going to do as an industry to kind of change the game? Right. And so talk to me then um, on the data side, on the business operation sides, and, and really on the, the psychology, I guess, if you will, right? So when it comes down to it, it's, it's business, but people run businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that really look? I mean, where where do you get your data? Do you have internal analysts looking at that? And then uh, how does that work, especially by vertical? Uh, how, how do you look to kind of help people, coach them through that, and then build the, help them build the things that they're trying to build? So there's kind of several different approaches uh, along the line. So I'll go, so I'll go a couple different paths. Um, the um, you know the first is we have in our customer base we have a customer advisory board, and okay. so you know we have out of our customer base certain customers that have been not not elected, but they've been chosen, you know, basically to be this advisory board. And sure. so we're very close to them. We spend mm-hmm. a lot of time with them. And so um, that helps a lot because we can get in really deep with mm-hmm. them and 
you know, with our advocates that are at those customers, we can essentially find out, you know, how you're struggling with this. Hey, we're thinking of bringing this add-on to market. Could you, what would you pay for it? You know, how could you pay for it? Can you even budget that? You know, those kind of things. So we're able to get kind of a really good line on how those businesses operate. And, you know, that, that gives us that, that air to the ground kind of approach of, you know, kind of vetting things before we do them, right? Yeah. So we work with analysts, we, you know, run surveys, we spend a lot of time with, with customers and potential customers, you know, out there. So, you know, both through our sales activities, mm -hmm. but also through other channels, just being tuned in and, you know, trying to participate in community events and trade events and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, that's really important. So then as you look at that moving forward, um, are you also kind of interested in new tech as far as outside and the acquisition realm or partnering with others or is it all in-house and you just build it from the ground up? Well, so we, we look at ourselves as, you know, being kind of a hub or being the glue to glue an enterprise together in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. So we're not necessarily going to build all of the solutions. We, we look at us as as an orchestration engine, mm -hmm. you know, so requests come in, things need to be fulfilled, maybe some machine learning happens, maybe some AI stuff happens, all this stuff happens, but, um, you know, we pass things off to other systems, we interact with other systems and integrate very deeply to other systems. Mm -hmm. uh, we have one of the things in our portfolio is actually an integration framework, you know, to do API connections with oh, wow. other, you know, software packages. And so, um, you know, so from that point of view, you know, we have a large uh, set of technical alliance partners okay. that uh, you know is continuing to grow, and as you know, as Sharewell continues to grow, more and more bigger partners. We get some very interesting partnerships. Um, you know, recently we announced a partnership with Amazon. Uh, we have a partnership going with a, a big, big consultancy firm called HCL that mm -hmm. we you know announced that recently as well, and you know some big, big partners in our in our uh, technology partner program, but. The, you know, using those connectors, you know, we, we route things. We want to kind of be the center point that kind of glues everything together in sure. the enterprise, right? Yep. So along the way, yes, we will continue to, and we have in the past, acquire technologies, license technologies, okay. just like we license our own technologies actually to other vendors. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but I don't know that we have... We don't necessarily have a specific strategy of let's go acquire X. Sure, right. right. When it comes along and, it, and you see a hole, then yeah. I mean, you know, and as the market changes, and you know, if there's a gap in the portfolio, we definitely will look at how we how we fill that. So gap. So then, back to the whole center and being the center part and the glue and kind of keeps it all together. If you look at um, platforms like WordPress or Shopify um, and how they have their like their communities, literally, mm -hmm. building those. Um, do you work in that way at all, where these other maybe financial companies or manufacturing companies will build the processes they need, and can they just then look at that and go, I need that, and share it or buy it or exchange it, or how does that work? We actually do, and I couldn't have asked for a better segue on that one. But okay. um, So we do, we have a patented technology that's called Mergeable Applications. Mm -hmm. And so within our configurations, within the customized systems that our customers have, mm -hmm. you can actually bring in uh, another process, another application essentially, that someone else has designed and it will merge it intelligently with your customizations. So you can actually take two completely customized things that don't know about each other's endpoints and mash them together in a, in a pretty simple like matter of minutes kind of way. The first time that I demoed it, I realized it took me longer to explain it than to actually do it. Wow. Oh, and, and they'll just merge together yeah, and, and start merge talking. merge together and they'll start talking and, you know, share data and all that kind of stuff. And it just acts like one holistic application. 
So That's really neat. Yeah, and so with that technology, we have a map exchange online right now mm -hmm. where we've got you know partners and customers that, that participate, and of course we put things on there. Mm -hmm. But we're actually getting ready to expand how we do that and make it more native to the application so mm -hmm. that um, you know, I simply open where I do administration and it will promote, you know, hey, it looks like you're trying to do this. Here's some solutions that may already exist mm -hmm. in the most non-clippy way, of course. Sure, you know. of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, but the, um, you know, to be able to promote those things and be able to then offer to our partner channels and even to our customers the ability to potentially monetize those things too through that store. So, because if I'm, as a customer, if I'm looking at, well, it might take me two weeks to build something out or I could pay X for it. Mm -hmm. Well, some customers will have the budget to do that. Some won't and right. they can go either direction. Right. Ah, that's just an amazing solution. That way they don't have to actually spend the time to build it themselves. They can yep. just put it. A lot of cross-community collaboration. Yep. Get things up and running a lot yeah, faster. Yeah, we, we have tons of user groups as well. As a matter of fact, I'm going to one next week in uh -huh. the Northeast. Uh, 60 different customers, um, you know, basically throwing their own user group. They took what was a small, like, part-day user group and turned it into a two-day event, um, wow. you know, at this large casino hotel thing sure. uh, in, the, in Connecticut. And... You know, so they're actually doing a, uh, they're calling it a collaboration workshop, but what they're literally doing is all the customers or the ones that are participating are coming together to build mergeable applications together. Wow, that sounds like a fun event. Yeah, actually. Uh, it does I'm, for me, because I'm kind of a process nerd, so. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, that, that those kind of things fun. are very fun. And so, you know, a couple times a year, we'll do a hackathon or, or a mapathon, as mm -hmm. we call them sometimes, sure. but uh, for mergeable application. But but yeah, I mean, so the community is very, very involved in becoming more and more. So, you know, when we were smaller, of course, it was a, if you build it, they will come kind of situation, sure, if you yeah, get what right. I mean, you know, but, but, you know, as the customer base grows, we've got more and more people involved in working on that and, you know, partners kind of knocking on the door, hey, we want to monetize this, we want to do some things, we really want to work with you and do some stuff That's through the store. So. Yeah. Very so, nice. That's fun. Yeah. That's a great place. I mean, we're all about communities here, right? That's uh -huh. literally kind of how the, the cast works here. And um, so... Um, when people come on board, how does how does it work from a, a payment standpoint or a contract standpoint? Is it subscription-based? Are there licensing involved? How do they get involved with you? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways. Uh, as a matter of fact, actually, it hasn't rolled out yet, but there will be a point where we roll out through the uh, Amazon Marketplace. So you can just literally provision a ShareWell instance through Amazon and buy licensing through there. Wow. But um, so currently, the way that you do it is you can be subscription-based or you can buy a perpetual license okay. um, to the software. You have to pay maintenance if you wanna continue getting upgrades and whatnot if you go the perpetual route. Sure, right. Um, there's choice in where do you want it hosted? Do you want to take this on-premises yourself, mm -hmm. host it in your own environment? You wanna put it in public cloud? You want us to host it for you. Okay. So we have several data centers that we that we do hosting in. So there, there's a lot of choice involved to that, but when it comes down to it, the, the licensing itself, one of the other things very early on that we decided is we looked at some of the competition, we looked at Microsoft, we looked at some of the other things, and we decided we never wanna have a 75-page manual on how you license software, yeah, right. you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so we kept it simple, it's a concurrent license if you're using the platform there's a license that's it there's a concurrent pool and so you know typically a organization runs between three to one or five to one so there's actually a great value versus named mm -hmm. licenses mm -hmm. and it just keeps it easy you know buy buy a license pool and if you out, if you outgrow it buy some more licenses add them to the pool you don't have to necessarily sounds account for each easy. user yeah. yeah and that's oh, that's, great. that's the goal okay that sounds great yeah um, before we go um, what other 
exciting things do you have on the horizon that people can uh, look forward to that might be coming up in the very near future? So, well, one thing that's really exciting is uh, we just announced today that uh, we're partnering with CodePath.org. Okay. And CodePath.org is a group that, um, you know, they work with... um, you know, un- underprivileged groups and communities to basically teach them coding and, and whatnot. Sure. So they're, they're really working on kind of, kind of how do we expand the the availability in the job market of, of coding to places that traditionally wouldn't have had that opportunity or, or, or nice. groups that didn't have that opportunity. And so we're going to uh, have a couple interns uh, join us from CodePath oh, nice. uh, over the summer, which is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but we're actually participating uh, this weekend, I think it's May 18th, uh, in the Denver Startup Games. Oh, exciting. Uh, it's, yeah, representing CodePath. And so there's kind of a, a charity aspect to the Startup Games. Uh-huh. And, you know, hopefully we, hopefully we place well and well hopefully we win but um you know and you know that money goes straight to codepath.org so we're really excited about working with them and and again for us too it's all about it is about building communities Mm -hmm. and it's always been about you know our customer base we look at them as a community we we look at them actually some ways as family in some ways you know and um you know everything that we can do to to enhance our communities, you know, wherever we're at, Colorado being our kind of home base, yep. you know, we're very active in Colorado where we can be, uh, Seattle, Germany, Sydney, Australia, very the UK, nice. you know, so yeah. we try to get connected into all those communities. So important. And, yeah. and speaking of communities then, uh, as we sign off, uh, where where could people find you? Where would you like them to kind of learn about uh, the new upcoming technology? Where would you like them to kind of, where, where do you live online? So best place is www.sharewell.com. Um, it's C-H-E-R-W-E-L-L. Great. Uh, Josh, thanks so much from Sharewell for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Uh, very exciting. Um, uh, join us next time as SaferNet's going to be here, um, and we'll kind of tune back in. Thanks for joining us at OCN Business. This has been OCN Business with Tim Summers. OCN Business has been brought to you by PIN, our platform intelligence network. PIN is a data-driven marketing company which focuses on a human-centric approach to marketing. Please visit us at our website at pinbn.com, that's P-I-N-B-N.com, or call us at 720-552-5827, that's 720-552-5827.